the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And Moses looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but yet the bush was not consumed by the fire. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study. Okay, we're continuing this message that we started last time in Exodus chapter 3. I entitled this message, When God Calls. So this is part two. So part one, we were looking at the fact that Moses had to flee for his life out of Egypt, and he ended up out in Midian. And there was these seven girls that were watering their father's sheep, and these other shepherds came in and kind of bullied these girls. And so Moses jumps out, Mr. Tall, Dark, and Handsome beats up the other shepherds, delivers the women and says, hey, ladies, have a seat. Let me serve you here. And he watered their sheep. Well, all those sisters looked at each other and said, huh, hubba, hubba. (laughs) And so Moses ended up marrying one of those girls. And then for the next 40 years, you hear nothing about Moses. And so Moses, for the next 40 years of his life, he started at 40 years old out there at that well in Midian. And here it is now, 40 years later, he's 80 years old. He's been tending stinky sheep all of that time. And what appeared to be just another boring day at the office taking care of these sheep another day, a day filled with nothing but the same old thing that he's seen for the last 40 years, everything got turned upside down. Which brings up this thought, standing on holy ground. Let me read to you. You keep your eyes on the road if you're driving. I'll do the reading here. You watch where you're going. But anyway, Exodus 3.2 says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush. And Moses looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but yet the bush was not consumed by the fire. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight. Why is this bush not burned up? And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And then he said, do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. Wow. What a 
powerful portion of Scripture. That'll wake you up. So here we have the angel of the Lord appears to Moses in a blazing fire. That word blazing in the original Hebrew language means it was an intense fire. There was a fire that was filled with power. Now, what did that even look like? I mean, it must have been surreal, totally freakish, completely outrageous. Let's not forget what led up to this point. For the last 40 years, Moses has led the most mundane, boring life imaginable. His life went from living in the world governing empire of Egypt, being raised in the palace, the wonder of the world. I mean, think about it. What other empire at that time was building pyramids and the Sphinx, which are still standing today? Egypt might not be much today, but it was the envy of the world back then. But yet now, Moses who was the prince of Egypt, was driven out as he fled for his life. And now for 40 years, that's 480 months, that's 14,600 days, he's been on his own tending stinky sheep. He's nothing more than a forgotten shell of a man. He's aged. You know, he was once handsome and strong. Now he's just an old goat. All his hopes and dreams have vaporized. All he looks for every single day is just the bleeding a sheep. <laughs> That's it. Leading one of the most needy of the entire animal kingdom. And now, on just another boring day, another uninspiring, passionless, uneventful day, something completely supernatural is happening before his very eyes. And as he stands there looking at this marvelous sight, it was like a ball of fire blazing around this ordinary bush, but yet the bush is not being consumed by this inferno that has burst upon it. You know, it's like, have you ever just been around some blazing flame? There was one time when I was a youth pastor, I took a bunch of high school and college students down to Newport Beach. They got fire rings down there. And so, you know, we, we brought firewood, but it wasn't like firewood, firewood. You know, we didn't have any firewood, but this one guy brought down a whole stack of pallets, you know, pallets that they move stuff on. And so these pallets are made out of oak. They're all hardwood. So we stack up like 11 pallets on this fire ring, and we lit these pallets on fire. It was like 11 pallets. I mean, it was like 10 feet tall. And it was just, it was so funny because when that thing went up in fire, it was like the fire was 50 feet up in the air. And we're like, yes, let's send around, you know, kumbaya. You know, let's make some s'mores. Yeah, you had to stand like 100 feet back. The heat of that fire was crazy. The people there in Newport Beach called the police on us. The fire department came out. This flame was like 50. 50 feet high. Anyway, that has nothing to do with our study. I just wanted to share that with you. But anyway, yes, your children are in good they're in good hands with the youth pastor as I'm burning down Newport Beach. Anyway, no, but it's like the point is you just you see something crazy, but here's like this blazing fire. Remember, you know, the, the word blazing in the Hebrew means it was like this intense, you know, unbelievable fire and it's like wow you know i'm sure this was mind-boggling to moses 
for Moses was in the midst of the supernatural. It wasn't something that Moses or any other human being has ever seen before or since. We're told it was the angel of the Lord. Well, who the heck is that? Well, in the context, it turns out to be God himself, because he says it. You know, I'm the the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But it's just like in Genesis 22. Remember when Abraham was ready to sacrifice his own son, Isaac, and the angel of the Lord said, stop, don't harm the child? You know, that was the Lord. See, and by the way, God didn't want to take Isaac's life. He only wanted the heart of Abraham. And it was the angel of the Lord in Judges 6 that, you know, was speaking to the weak and feeble Gideon, you know, from a life of hiding and uselessness to being a vessel in the hand of God to deliver his people Israel from the adversaries. Yes, Jesus has come back and made these points and has shown himself in a physical body and where it said it was the angel of the Lord, but it was actually the Lord himself. Yes, this heavenly messenger is God himself. I wonder what it will take for our Lord and Savior, who died for our sins and resurrected from the dead, to wake us up spiritually. See, this is what God was doing with Moses. He was waking him up spiritually. What is going to have to do to us to wake us up spiritually, to somehow get our attention, for us to recognize that we're living here in the last days, and people all around us are dying. We just saw this, what, crazed man a couple weeks ago, was it three weeks ago, drive his car through a parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin, killing many. Then we saw some high school student run after that in Michigan, go to a school with a handgun, killing many of his classmates. Listen, in case you haven't wondered, this is not normal. This is the repercussions of a nation who has abandoned their God. And at what point will we, you and me, true believers in Christ, wake up from our spiritual slumber? Maybe you find yourself wandering in the wilderness of life here today. And just like Moses, you have lost yourself in the daily routines of life. You're lost in our culture. You're lost in everything that's surrounding us. You're lost to our own desires and our own plans. Have you just lost yourself to that? You know, everything is what your plan is for you instead of what God's plan is for you? Well, if you are only doing that which we have purposed, maybe I ask this of you. Has that satisfied you? If you're pursuing your purpose, your plans, what you want, your aspirations, your desires, let me ask you, how long have you been pursuing that? Six months? A year? Ten years? Two decades? How long have you been pursuing what you would want to pursue? Oh, just a little bit more money, just a little bit more this, just a little nicer that. Has it satisfied you? Or are you finding out like what Mick Jagger has been singing with the Rolling Stones for over 50 years? Can't get no satisfaction. Has it met your expectations? Or is there still something that gnaws at the depth of your soul? Is there still something that longs for more inside of you? See, we live in a time where uncertainty has consumed the hearts of many, where nothing seems secure anymore, right? I mean, look around. Are you secure in our new government? Are you secure in our president that can't put two sentences together? Yes, there are many that are more vulnerable now than ever. 
Our world is more unstable than it's ever been in our lifetime. And because of that, our hearts have become more fragile. See, I mean, China is getting ready to take over Taiwan. You know, you know, you got Russia amassing troops on you know Ukraine's border. I mean, it's like look at everything that's happening. Inflation's off the hook. Gas here in California, five bucks plus a gallon. It's just crazy what's happening. But guess what? Here today, there was a bush that was blazing with fire in front of Moses. Yet it's not burned up. Maybe that was just a sign, for if the presence of God could descend upon an insignificant bush, igniting it on fire, and literally turning it into a miracle, I wonder if God could descend on an insignificant life like yours and mine and ignite us with fire to do the miraculous also here in our day and age. Notice the progression here in verse 5. God reminded Moses of his holiness. Yes, we are saved by the grace of God, and we have access to the creator of the universe. Think about that. But again, I wonder, are we guilty of forgetting that God is holy as we fail to approach him with praise and adoration? Then in verse 6, God reminds Moses of his covenant relationship with man. He is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And it was through that bloodline that Moses had his relationship with God. See, we also have a covenant relationship with God. It's through the sacrifice and shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. Remember what the Bible says in 1 Peter 3.18. For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. And you know why that was possible? Do you know why Easter was possible? Because Christmas came. Because Jesus was born. That's why this isn't some happy holiday. This is a Merry Christmas. Christ the Savior was born for you and for me. Listen, this is why it's so important to invite someone to church. There is a season of time when people are a little bit more open to going to church than other times. And when is that? Christmas That's right. And you know, at Court Church Los Angeles here, we're having an incredible Christmas Eve service. That's right, Christmas Eve, December 24th, on the same day every year. We're having two services, one at 3.30 p.m. and one at 5.30 p.m. You should be praying right now, who could you bring to L.A.? That's right, get in the car, come to L.A., stop it in and out, and do a double-double animal style with chopped chilies on it, with whole grill. I'm just giving you some insight. But anyway, take them out to dinner, but bring them to our Christmas Eve services. It's going to be an extravaganza, and we're going to preach the gospel. So you prepare them, prepare their heart, and bring them, because people are more open to come to church on Christmas than any other time. We also have our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a 6.30 p.m. service. But come out, Bring someone that doesn't know Christ. Let us preach the gospel to them because Jesus died for us. Well, getting back here, you know, would we allow the supernatural power of God to consume our insignificant life? 
to do the miraculous? That's a question that we can all answer and will answer by how we proceed from this moment moving forward. Which brings up this other thought here, seeing our afflictions. Let me read you what God says next in Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. And the Lord said, talking to Moses here, obviously, out of this burning bush that's blazing with fire, he says, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have given heed to their cry because of the taskmasters, for I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to a place where all these other nations live. Wow. I wonder if there is any that are listening on the radio right now that feel that God has forgotten you. Hey, just be honest right now. You could be in the car by yourself. Do you feel that God has forgotten you, that you have been overlooked, that the God of heaven has completely disregarded you, your problems in your life? Well, I'm sure there's some of you that feel that way. But I want to assure you that God has absolutely not forgotten you. Because listen, we have to understand, life can be brutal on so many different levels. And I would never discount your story and what you've had to endure in your life. But I would like to also say this, that we all have sinned before God. And we live in a world that has systematically rejected God. We have rebelled against God on every level imaginable. Wickedness runs amok all around us. Yet God has not forsaken us. He has not forgotten us. Notice in verse 7 of Exodus 3, it says, God said two things there. Number one, I have seen the affliction. Yes, God is aware of the pain that you have had to deal with. But let's not forget, it's in those times of struggle. Are you listening right now? It's in those times of struggle and strain that God can refine us, where he can mold us and shape us into who he desires us to be. It was J. Sidlow Baxter that said this quote, Tribulation is a thorny tree but it yields sweet fruit. Yes, if we have ears to hear while we're traveling down the path of pain, whatever that path of pain that you're on right now, there are valuable lessons to be learned through that valley of despair. And understand, you can't learn those lessons any other place than the valley. You can't learn them in any other place than the desert. Because when we're on vacation in Maui and we're waiting for the next set of waves to come in, drinking our lemonade, we are not usually learning life-changing messages from God when we're spoiling ourselves on some spoiled vacation. But when you're going through the fire, when you're going through the hardship, when you think that you're broken and there's no one there to pick you up, that's when God can speak those valuable lessons to us. And number two, verse seven, revealed that God has given heed to their cry. I wonder if we know that there's a difference between crying out for help and the constant drippings of complaint. For complaining yields the fruit of bitterness, while the cry for help tugs on the grace and the mercy of our Heavenly Father. 
Let's not forget, when we're challenged with adversity of what Margaret Clarkson said, she said this quote, The sovereignty of God is the one impregnable rock in which the suffering heart must cling to. Is that where your heart clings? For if we do not cling to the Lord in the midst of our affliction, if we don't cling to the Lord in the midst of our trouble, then where else are we going to turn? Who else do we have to turn to? What else is there to turn to? Who else has the ability to deliver or even attempt to sustain us in those afflictions? For God does not always deliver, as you know, but he will always sustain us. You do know that the word sustain means to strengthen and support? For Jesus has made us this promise in Hebrews 13 that he would never leave us, no, never, ever leave us or forsake us. So whatever valley experiences that might have turned into a desert in your life right now, we can know this, that not only are we not alone, but Jesus said that they would happen to us. Let's not forget what Jesus said. He never said that the Christian life would resemble a bowl of cherries. He never said, oh, hey, come to Christ and your life will be perfect and everything will be just hunkadory, you know. But rather, this is what Jesus said in John 16, He says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation. There'll be hurricanes, tsunamis in life. But take courage, I have overcome the world. It was Oswald Chambers that said this quote, God does not give us overcoming life. He gives us life as we overcome through his strength. What a reminder that is for those of us who are Christians. Again, it means there is strength in the strain. To be even more blunt, it means this. The very thing that you think will break you and crush you is the very thing that God will use to make and to mold us into what he desires us to be. Understand, the making of a man or woman of God is not made while sunbathing on the beach, but rather we are made as we go through the fires and hardships that life seems to produce. For those of you who have had your hope shattered and lost, let me ask you, Has it made you better, or has it made you bitter? Are you a better person or a bitter person? Because there's not too many other options out there, is there? We must never forget, we can never run or expect a life of no hardship or discomforts. For God speaks to us through the walls of their misery. And that's the point. God loves us. And in the midst of all the sorrows of this world, you know, who, you know, in this world that's abandoned God, he has not abandoned you. And if you find yourself like, man, I just, I need to get closer to the Lord. Maybe you find yourself in a place where you're a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. You've slipped away from the Lord. Face it, you've you've been dabbling in sin, and you have separated yourself from God because of your own sin. But God says, you know, come to me, all you that are heavy laden and burdened down, and I'll give you rest. 
Maybe there's some that have gone to religions and churches and what have you. You need to get right with Christ. You need to ask Jesus Christ in your heart as your Lord and Savior. We're not saved by some stained glass window. We're not saved by a cross. We're saved by Jesus Christ coming into our heart. Jesus says, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. And if you'll open the door, I'll come in and I'll sup with you. And if you'd like to get right with Jesus, you'd like to repent of your sin, God will forgive you and he will cleanse you. But you must pray this now and you must mean it in your heart. And if that's you, pray this now and Jesus will forgive you. Pray this, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe you died for me and that you were buried. But I believe you rose again. Come into my life. Take my soul. I give myself to you. Be my Lord, be my God, be my Savior, and be my friend. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I want to send you, you know, some materials, a a Bible that's got all kinds of notes on how to walk and follow the Lord. But you have to email me your name and address so I can mail that to you. It's free of charge. We depend on other people making offerings, but it's free to you. Email me your name and address to Bible at CoreChurchLA.com. That's Bible at CoreChurchLA.com. And may the Lord God bless you. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, that's Core Church LA, one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to our P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.